this is Peter Morville, and today I'm talking with Inza Kyleback about planning. Enza is originally from Germany. Uh, I first met her a few years ago when she was a designer at Q Limited uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, and then, uh, after a year or two, she moved to France. Uh, and uh, now, all of a sudden, she's living in a small cabin high in the mountains above Balzano in northern Italy. Uh, Enza keeps moving around uh, and, and often to very beautiful places, so I'm a little jealous. Uh, and I'm going to ask her to, to tell her story of uh, why she why has she has been moving around to these places. Uh, hi, Enza. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Ah, uh, well, thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to, to hearing the story of your travels and, and the reasons behind them. Um, maybe you can start out uh, by telling us what what brought you from Germany to the United States. Well, I think. Um... It was really my fascination for the U.S. that I've had for a long time, which uh, actually made me want to go there. And um, it started out when I was uh, doing my first study in uh, Ravensburg, Germany. And um, in the fifth semester, we were allowed to do a semester abroad. And together with a friend, we said, "Okay, we would like to go to the U.S. And uh, so we started looking out for places and uh, we didn't have partner universities yet in the U.S., which was slightly sad and, uh, as it turned out, really difficult to find in a way. But uh, for some reason, we managed to uh, find one university, um, the University of Ann Arbor, and uh, we managed to set up a partner contract with them. And uh, yeah, then we're allowed to go and we spent uh, about half a year there. and. Um, that was what brought me there, really. Okay. Now, people are um, people's feelings about the United States may have changed in the last few years. Um, but I'm curious, you know, sort of uh, as a child growing up in Germany, what what was your fascination with the United States? What did, what did you think about it? I think uh, in my early years, it was uh, surely the pop culture and Hollywood and the films and the movies and the music, for sure. But um, I've uh, I've had this fascination also for, um, I don't know, the country, the landscape, the the values that come with uh, America and the whole story of it. So, um, yeah, and for me, it really turned out that way. I was still fascinated by a lot of things when I finally got there. And um, what is really true, what uh, I found out is uh, that in America, you do feel a lot freer than you do in Europe. Ah. I really had this feeling of uh, freedom because maybe because of all the space, maybe because uh, all people were really, really friendly with you. And uh, I very much enjoyed that. Okay. Yes. And so in, the, in, in Ann Arbor, you were uh, working as a designer at Q. Uh, any thoughts about how being a designer in the United States was different than, than you imagined or than, than your experience in Germany had suggested? Well, um, during my first study, I had uh, some work experience in a Stuttgart company. And um, yeah, as, as one thinks, uh, there was a lot of discipline there and a lot of work and you worked overtime. And uh, I don't know, I didn't really enjoy the projects that we did um, too much. But uh, yeah, that changed when I finally came to Q because I, first of all, really enjoyed the atmosphere in the agency, which was very friendly and um, 
very open also. And most of all, I also enjoyed the projects that we did. There were a lot of local projects for local companies or organizations that, um, yeah, I really felt uh, fulfilled even when I got home because I felt like I did something that was valuable. Like, uh, I don't know, working for some companies where you feel like, okay, this is not really what I want to support or I don't really care about. Um, those experiences that I had a lot before. And when I came to Q, I really had the feeling that uh, my work was worth something and I did something that helped somebody else or some party or organization. Okay. So that was really like the most valuable thing I took from there. Yeah. yeah. And so how did you get to France? What what took you there? Well, um, I've had seven years of French in school and I felt like I couldn't really speak it at any point in my life. Um even though it's such a beautiful language. So um, I decided to go to France. And um, I don't know, some of you might have heard about the Woofing um, Network or the Woofing Organization, which I think, if I'm not wrong, for a worldwide organization of organic farming. And um, yeah, I had a look at the website uh, of the Woofing Network in France, um, which is basically a network of different people that have farms in France and uh, that invite people to their farms to work and um, in exchange they can live there for free and they get free food and um, so I found myself a farm um, basically well in the south of France I would say and I stayed with a farmer uh, named Thierry for about two weeks which was uh, also a very valuable experience because I uh, I felt really home at the end. I, I just stayed there for two weeks, but I felt very home there. And uh, I learned so many things. And um, we had like very long exchanges about different topics in life and different different things. And um, yeah, that was also one of my favorite experiences. Even though after this, uh, those two weeks, I uh, continued and I went to another uh, family. They were not really a farm, but uh, they... Um, had the hope to find some help for the the work that uh, they had to do at the house and in the garden. And uh, of course, it can also go that way. It wasn't that exciting or that new for me because, uh, yeah, they didn't really have a farm or animals or vegetables. So that was a little encouraging in the end. But um, that's how life is, I guess, sometimes. It works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm curious, what, what sort of work did you do on the farm? Well, it was an organic farm and um, Thierry had uh, like various kinds of vegetables and uh, old types of vegetables also. And um, I think at that point he um, sold some of the vegetables on a market. And on the other hand, he sold um, some of the vegetables to a group of people that uh, he met regularly on a regular weekly basis. Um, And he provided them with a, a bag of vegetables and fruit. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. And so I helped on the, on the field, like, uh, gathering the vegetables and also planting and preparing the market. And, uh, yeah, I was really, I was helping with almost everything that he was doing. So I got a pretty good insight into what it takes to actually have a farm. Interesting. And, and so I know that you, that you then, um, moved to Italy to study, eco-social design. So um, I, I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that, but I'm curious, was your 
was was this experiment on the farm kind of connected to what you wanted to study next? I think a little bit, yes, because um, for a long time I've had that feeling that uh, people start to forget about those very basic things in life, like how to produce food and how to survive and um, to really appreciate a certain quality of food as well, because we're all dependent on food, obviously. And um, the master um, study that I started um, about two years ago in September of 2015, eco-social design, as you said, um, it was, um, yeah, the focus was exactly on food. So um, this was really the main topic um, of the whole study and uh, all the projects that we as students initiated there in the past two years um, were concerned with that topic. So, yes. So you're you're at the University of Bolzano, is that right? Yes. Um, and so tell us a little bit more about eco-social design. What, what, what does that mean? Okay, so um, a lot of people start to ask me that when I say I study eco-social design because they don't really have an idea of what it might be. And I usually say it's um, a discipline um, that is concerned with the non-commercial aspect or aspect of life. Um, in, in some way, um, we in the study, we initiate and um, do projects that... Um, that basically focus on the eco and the social aspect. So we're not that much concerned with um, helping economy, but um, we're very often starting small grassroots projects with local people and local actors um, to support small communities, for example, or small farms, and um, to do good for them. This is basically what it is about. Okay. Um... And you, uh, I think when, when you, we were exchanging some email and you mentioned you were preparing for a permaculture camp. What is that? Yeah, that is basically the, the biggest project. It's my thesis project. And um, it started about half a year ago um, when a friend and I sat down together and we said, well, why not work together? Because she's a permaculture designer and um, has already some experience with uh, children's courses or children's camps. And uh, so we started planning and conceptualizing a permaculture camp for children because we think it's really important to um, not just react to what is happening in the world, but also to proactively do something to um, stop the, the big crisis that is happening in this world. Uh -huh. And I think um, it is a very nice approach to to start with uh, children because I mean they're our future and uh, so why not start with them and um, create some nice experiences with them and um, maybe bring some good values and uh, some nice ideas and concepts to them and uh, so yeah and, and have you done that now well, the first week of the permaculture camp is already done. We um, decided to do two prototypes, basically, to test out certain methods and concepts and learning materials that we have developed over the past half year. And um, yes, one week um, has successfully been finished now, and the second week will take place in August. And it's been a very enriching and great experience, I would say. It's been very exhausting as well, because it's been five days of just work from seven in the morning until 11 at night. But uh, I'm very, very glad. And I learned many things oh, in that great. week. Mm -hmm. 
So I was I was looking at the description of your program and and uh, uh, it sort of advocate it sort of talked about design as a tool for environmental, social, and political change. Uh, and then you are sort of talking about this notion of being proactive and 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 basically trying to create a better world. Um, what, what do you see as the the core? values or the things that we need to do better um, uh, to, to sort of move in that direction? Well, I think um, one of the big problems that I see um, of why we as humans um, sometimes act so destructively in our world is really our culture and the story that uh, our culture tells us and that sometimes justifies very destructive actions that we take. Mm -hmm. So I think... Um, yeah, it's really the first of all the the picture that we have ourselves of ourselves as humans, because uh, I think very many people see themselves as um, something more valuable than other living beings or other living creatures, and um, this is why they act in the way they do. And I think um, this is one of the values that I really appreciate and think that needs to come more into our world is the responsibility and the care and the equality in some way to um, everything that lives and everything that we interact with and also are dependent on in some way. Yeah, that's, that, that's great. Yeah. So, um, so I'm curious, what, where are you in the program and, and what, what do you think you might do afterwards? Well, um, so I still have half a year to go until I'm done, most likely, I think. Uh -huh. And um, so far, I don't have any very concrete plans because um, I feel like I don't want to plan too much. I think uh, so far life has taken me to good places, even when I didn't make any big plans. Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, what I really like to continue is uh, working for small organizations, like for example, the Waldorf School that I'm helping out with a couple of things at the moment and uh, other small projects and even my thesis project, uh, I hope will continue. And um so, uh, yeah, so far, I think I'm going to continue freelancing and uh, see what comes up to me or yeah. what I run into. We'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting if, if we sort of, um, you know, my sense is, uh, you know, you're kind of still early in your career and and really in the, the sort of formative stages of, you know, where will your career take you? Uh, what What sort of life will you live? And, you know, it's interesting to sort of look at the, uh, the small things that have, uh, they're not really small, but not the, not the, not the expected things that um, have, have sort of sent you in different directions. You know, you know, coming to the United States, there was this fascination with the, with the country. Um, going to France, just the fact that you had learned French <laughs> made you feel like that might be a place you'd want, you know, put that link, put that, all that education to use um mm -hmm. and now I, I i get the sense that you're you know your the steps that you're taking now are kind of based on your values and what you would like you know how you would like to contribute uh to the world um mm -hmm. and you're you're sort of comfortable with with sort of using that as a way of guiding your next steps mm -hmm. yeah very much so yeah That's very true um, any 
are there times when your plans didn't work out when you, I mean, you, you actually mentioned uh, that family in France where it wasn't really a farm. Um, uh, any other kinds of stories where uh, you had planned something, made a move, uh, committed to something, and then it didn't work out? Yeah, surely. I mean, even during my thesis project, uh, which is a bigger project uh, for me and my colleague and my friend. Um, and for example, we uh, started looking for funding in a very, very early phase of the project because we knew we were going to work on this project for a long time. We we're going to put a lot of effort into it. Um, and so we um, started looking around for funding and um, yeah, very often it seemed like it, something would work out. And in the end, um, sometimes it didn't. And uh, I think this is just something uh, that you have to deal with and uh, keep looking and uh, keep standing up. Um, but I think it, it is also a big part of, um, yeah, this, this phase at least where you uh, try and, um, and sometimes you fail, but then you have to continue and uh, not be discouraged. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Um, any other sort of strategies for planning? Um, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, I don't want to plan too much. So you want to, you know, want to, you want to sort of build in some flexibility and agility and, and, um, you know, some options. Uh, and then obviously, as you just mentioned, <laughs> uh, sometimes you just need to kind of, uh, have the, uh, fortitude to keep going through, through difficult mm -hmm. times. Any other you know, tips or tricks or tools that you use for, for planning and thinking ahead? Well, um, maybe one more note on the failing issue. I think especially um, when something doesn't work out, uh, sometimes it's uh, better to not take things too seriously and to just say, okay, something didn't work, but it will be fine in the end and some something will come up and, uh, yeah, you'll be fine in the end. Uh -huh. So... Yeah, sometimes I think you can't take life too seriously and uh, just take it with a smile. So this is at least how I try to do it. And I don't always manage, but uh, I try to at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of in a similar vein, uh, you know, given that, that you've gone through college and are still sort of in the educational system, you've, you've sort of... Uh, had some early career experiences. Any advice for for today's students, you know, who may be going through high school or going through college as they're kind of thinking about the world? Any any advice for them? I think it's really the the best strategy to um, follow what you really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that um, sometimes in life you need help and you need a little push. Um, for example, I got that from my mom when uh, she um, suggested to me to go to an art school, like in the very beginning, like even change the school that I went to and uh, start trying something new because she saw that I was uh, good at drawing or good at uh, designing maybe. And so, um, yeah, I did that. And I think that took me into the direction. And uh, yeah, it's really all about what you enjoy doing. And um, this is what you should be doing, I think. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so we're, we're nearly out of time. Any, any parting thoughts or suggestions, things that, that um, we, we maybe missed along the way? Mm, yeah, just um, 
appreciate everything that happens to you and try to learn from uh, everything that happens to you because even things that seem bad or seem uh, yeah uh, a little hard to take might uh, offer a chance to get to know something about yourself that is very valuable excellent well thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us uh, you mentioned earlier that that, that that the children are our future um, but I'll say I think it's inspiring that, that, that you as somebody who's still early in their career um, uh, have, have such sort of uh, positive and ambitious and idealistic thoughts about your, your career and what you want to do in the world. So uh, don't forget that you are our future as well. <laughs> and uh, thanks, thanks so much for talking with us. Yeah, thank you, Peter. <laughs> Pleasure.